You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. All right, we are all here. This is Maddie, uh, your host of the Voluntary Vixens podcast, appearing as usual with my lovely co-host, Jesse. Hello. Jesse, you look nice and pink and coordinated today with your cardigan <laughs> and your matching um, headphones. Very nice. And actually, Jason, our guest, looks pretty uh, coordinated as well. A nice dark blue <laughs> and matching headphones. So <laughs> we're joined, everybody, by Jason Bassler. He's one of the um, minds behind the Free Thought Project. So in case the name doesn't really ring a bell, obviously you've probably heard of the Free Thought Project and another big project of theirs or maybe side project I'll let him explain is um police the police so chances are you've seen his pages you've seen his work and uh now you get to hear his name and hear from him yourself yeah I get to hear my voice for the next hour but no thanks for having (laughs) me on I I appreciate it and uh I've definitely seen you guys around uh Instagram Facebook so it's a pleasure to be on I don't know about following up after Jeffrey Tucker though that's going to be uh a bit challenging but I'll do my best (laughs) (laughs) well we had we had a break between then and and this one so and um you know it was a great episode everybody should go check it out but you know I think we might top it in audio quality. <laughs> I hope Oops. so. Yeah. I think we I think we'll nail it this time. So test, test, test. Yes, right. We're all here. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, well I like I said, I've probably seen your work for a lot longer than I realized who was behind it. And um I was mentioning before we were recording though that I've actually probably been a little bit out of the loop of um, your pages and, and the work you all have been doing just because I think we've all <laughs> experienced uh, the online tech censorship to one degree or another. Um, anybody listening and following us knows how we've experienced a few shadow bans over this past year on Instagram alone. Um, Jesse and I were kicked off Discord entirely, like just <laughs> booted off For- and the, no reason. the reasons they gave like were so automaton and incorrect, but nobody cared. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're trying to silence people that <laughs> say um, unpopular things, um, anything that really goes against the narrative. But <laughs> your pages are quite fiery. So I'm not surprised that you've been taking heat for a long time. Yeah. You know, since at least uh, 2015, 2016, um, you know, when Trump got uh, elected, that kind of started the the snowball, you know, effect. And, you know, team that up with the fake news narrative and the Russia Gate scandal, you know, and uh, they had a perfect storm to censor people um, without cause, you know, without any mm-hmm. justification. And of course, you know, the mainstream media is cheering it on as are uh, the politicians to a certain extent, you know, some of them anyway, some of the conservatives are mm-hmm. speaking out a little bit. But um, yeah, it's been a rough road for us. Not going to lie. I'm actually currently uh, not able to log into Facebook. They gave me a three-day ban for a Julian Assange poster that I posted oh, uh, probably back in like 2013. It literally says uh, free Julian Assange, jail the war criminals 
And that was enough to get me um, a band. But it turned into what I've been calling an infinite band because now when I log in, because you know it logs you out whenever mm-hmm. you get a band, you log back in, it actually won't process and register the fact that I've gone through the checkpoint. So mm. when I, yeah, so it just takes me into this, sorry, you know, uh, we're trying to fix this uh, screen. <laughs> we're trying to fix this. Yeah, and it's so <laughs> I've, it's been three weeks now. I've done everything in my power. Um, I've reached out to Facebook several times and they keep sending me this copy pasted response that's um, related to having issues with sending in your ID, you know, so it doesn't even have anything to do with me. I've reached out to my Facebook insiders and unfortunately they can't really provide much help. You know, there's only so Mm. much they could do. So yeah, we're, we're dealing with absentee landlords here. And uh, unfortunately, you know, when these types of things happen, it's just like, well, you know, maybe you'll get it fixed. Maybe you get it resolved, but you know, your chances of actually reaching a human, to assist with it is, you know, very far from uh, being a reality. So, but yeah, um, let me back up a little bit. We, (laughs) um, let's see in 2018, yeah, 2018 was the big one. I'll probably just start there because uh, that's when we lost nearly 6 million fans um, when both Facebook and Twitter removed our pages on the same day. So yeah, we coordinated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't yes. know if you want to call it a conspiracy theory, but it's the same day, so you know <laughs> what, you, what you want. But uh, I don't so, believe yeah. the coincidences. So <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it does. It doesn't look good for them. Um, but that was the big one, and uh, it actually was pretty devastating. It's still kind of a bitter, bitter pill to swallow. Um, we've been trying to recover. We've had four different pages taken down for the Free Thought Project since then. And then another two um, for police the police. So we've uh, branched out. You know, we're on um, Jesus 15 different social media platforms now. You know, I That's post on two those. more than when I heard you talking about this in November. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying, trying to reach out. Um, you know, every day. Yeah, it's a new adventure with different censorship. I mean, it's not just Facebook. You know, it's Twitter. We've been mm-hmm. censored on Tumblr. We've been censored on Reddit. Um, just this morning, we were banned from Wimkin, which is another, like, alternative. I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, it's kind of a smaller one, but they they really okay. pride themselves on being, like, free speech. And so I was like, wait a second. Like, mm-hmm. you don't like police accountability because you're a bunch of Trump supporters, but you call on yourself <sighs> a platform so it mm. luckily the the founder of the site actually reached out to me about an hour later and we got it resolved um but yeah so i don't know it's crazy i mean i could keep going with horror stories i don't want to bore you guys but it's uh it's been a rough road yeah let's just put it that way yeah <laughs> you deserve that beer <laughs> cheers cheers yeah well so um on that note, though, like as Jesse and I are kind of exploring different um, alternative places for us to hang out, it's annoying because like Instagram totally is our home and that's where sure. we've gotten most of our followers, our listeners. Yep. And, um, you know, we've made friends like yeah. we've um, had mm-hmm. people we've had listeners on the show. Um, we've really grown like a pretty cool anarchy lady community it's awesome and so like i'm gonna be very upset if and when we get the um the plug pulled so i know um sure i was mentioning that i last heard you and only caught the beginning of it but i'm on an episode you're 
of uh, Beyond the Ballot, I think it was. And you mentioned that at yeah. that time, for you guys, MeWe was your current like favorite and or like working the best. What would you say to date? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. And I, I hear you, Instagram, you know, there's so much love over there there is a big liberty community you know and it's like it's going to be a shame once they pull a facebook and really start to yank down a lot of those accounts um but uh i get you i I really like instagram as well uh it's a beautiful platform as far as like how it's laid out Mm -hmm. and how it operates so i mean i understand the the draw to it um but uh, yeah, of course it's owned by Facebook, so you know. Yeah, good luck. that was the downfall. <laughs> sure. yeah. That was, I guess, part of the downfall. You know, I definitely noticed the difference as soon as it, as soon as that happened. Yeah, mm. and I think they maybe let it kind of be it, its previous like version for a while, but then yeah, they started kind of tinkering with the algorithms and the mm-hmm. newsfeed and stuff, and uh, a lot of people saw some adverse effects. Um, but yeah, MeWe, I, I still really like MeWe. In fact, it's our biggest um, alternative social media platform right now. We have 11,000 followers over there. So wow. Wow. That's saying something. It's growing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely growing. Um, I think the, the people at MeWe were kind enough to put us in the suggested pages Ooh. category. Thank so you. once they did that, we just start, started seeing our, our growth expand pretty rapidly. But even before that, I had kind of... Uh, honed in more on MeWe just because um, I felt like it's more user friendly. It, it very much has like the same um, user interface as Facebook does. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of the same features, but some people don't like the fact that you actually have to pay for a page. For instance, let's just start there. A page is one ninety nine a month. It's a it's two bucks a month, you know, and. I get it. It's like we're not used to paying for social media. And, you know, there's also another feature. It's like a um, $5 and you get all like the different emoji packs. You get to like uh, yeah. have a bigger cloud. You could store stuff on. There's a bunch of different like features. You could do video calling, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And for me, hey, I'd gladly pay like five bucks or two bucks for a page and not be spied on, you know, and not have my information pimped out by Facebook and not have to worry about endless censorship. So I I get it. I think libertarians are notoriously penny pinchers, you know, a lot of us anyway. So (laughs) I get it. Like, yeah, we don't want to have to pay for a social media platform, but at the same time, it's like, you know, the, the flip side is like, wow, like we could actually have a platform where you don't have to walk on eggshells, you know, anything that you Mm -hmm. post, you're crossing your fingers that it doesn't get taken down. It's not like that at MeWe. You know, they're they're actually uh, it's founded by a libertarian. Uh, he lives in Los Angeles. I don't. I think he's probably more of like a. If I had to say, probably more of like a, a big L libertarian, like a Gary Johnson kind of libertarian, where you know, it's it. just, I don't think he's necessarily <laughs> like a yeah, like anarcho capitalist or like a Ron Paul supporter or anything. But hey, that's still good to have on our side, you know. And um, and he did mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and he's and he's he's gotten significant funding for it. Um, it, it. The platform, that's another thing. I mean, I love Float. I love Minds. But both of those are a little clunky, you know, and uh, it, it just doesn't run smooth. And if we're trying to appeal to the masses here, which and my for us, what we do with our work, we are trying to appeal to it. We're yeah. trying to plant seeds in, in the to. mainstream normies, you know. So we're not trying to necessarily have like an echo chamber like Gab 
or Parler, you know, um, we use those too. But for me, MeWe seems the most balanced between all those things. And yeah, just the most like normie friendly, which I think is really important right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, Telegram too. That's another one. I don't know if, if you guys uh, are familiar with Telegram or using that at all, but a lot of momentum over there, like a lot of momentum. That one makes mm-hmm. me nervous. Like it's the most... Uh spook like or like <laughs> that's the one that's going to be most um somehow spied upon or used against us it's possible i mean i don't feel like it has um and this maybe... is me being ignorant not knowing anything about oh, yeah. it other than oh. who is going over there sure yeah yeah no that's i mean that's oh, yeah. have conversation you know it's it's all good i think uh unfortunately parlor was like yeah their back end you know was completely a mess and had a lot of uh, vulnerability and security flaws i think telegram because they advertise themselves as being more of like a privacy friendly uh messaging service i think they're a little better from what i hear signal is Mm -hmm. one of the best and then i just read about one yesterday called delta which apparently is supposed to be even better than both of those two because they don't ask for your number at all and a, f- a few other features. Yeah, so um, keep your eye out for that one, I guess. But for for me, uh, the Telegram has exploded. Like, we're at, like, 8,200 followers now um, on Telegram. And you wouldn't think it's just, like, a messaging service, but they actually have channels and groups. And because there's so much growth on the platform, I mean, people are just looking for new avenues for information exchange. So Yeah, definitely people are hungry for it. Yeah, most definitely. What's funny is, uh, like, thank God you had as much um, influence and kind of coverage on Facebook as you did, you know, back in the day. Because honestly, like, I was a lot more normie when I first started seeing your guys' stuff, and it woke me. It woke me up. Like, I was already kind of like questioning things, but I was, um, like, I'll attribute like your page and, you know, Dave Smith's part of the problem mm-hmm. podcast was some sure. of the the harshest coldest water in my face but i'm the kind of person that um definitely needs that in order to get shaken up out of my own head sometimes but um sure so it's really a shame that something as widely used as facebook is so (laughs) like you're not even allowed on it right now like it's just the sign of the times man that's scary yeah absolutely and um it, it's just such a far cry from their original mission statement, which I'm Googling right now. Yeah, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't uh, memorized it, but let's see mission, what success. The mission statement is to give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. I mean, I feel like we were doing that. Like we were doing that. Well, actually, you were you were too good at doing that, and that's why. You know. Yeah, yeah. It it feels like there's certainly. I mean. It's not a big secret that they're in bed with government. You know, I mean, yeah. they've taken government subsidies over the years. They have a revolving mm-hmm. door with employees from the state, uh, yeah. upper echelons of the state coming in and going through Facebook. Um, you know, they partnered up with think tanks like the Atlantic Council, who mm-hmm. are funded by, uh, yeah. you know, Big Pharma, by, uh, I mean, the war machine, you know, yep. uh, Raytheon. I mean, all of these guys, they're, they're all in bed together um, and they take direction from them. They actually admitted that a few months before they took down our pages in 2018. I mean, they're 
they're partnered with the Atlantic Council. You know, I mean, they, they're, not, yeah. they're not hiding it. They're, they're putting it in our mm-hmm. face. So yeah. it's just a matter of are people paying attention? Uh, if you're paying attention, do you care? You know, and I think a lot of the users on Facebook really don't like it's just over their head. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't have any effect on their daily usage. And uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. But as far as I'm concerned, I mean, we made a meme a few weeks ago. I mean, there's so much overlap between government and Facebook. You know, I mean, yes, one's involuntary and one's voluntary. And that's one of the significant differences. You know, the other significant difference is one's in Silicon Valley, one's in D.C. But I mean, they both spy on you. They both limit your speech. They have a revolving door. You know, they collect data. You are the product selective enforcement i mean we could just go down the line here divide and conquer you know it, mm-hmm. it, it's just it's crazy and the fact that there's so many libertarians and anarchists that are still using it wholeheartedly and they're like yeah whatever you know <laughs> it's like for me yeah. it's like okay mm-hmm. guys like we really need to if we can't even break away from facebook and like put our money or put our money where our mouth is when it comes to like living by our principles you know and, and getting away from big tech that how are we ever supposed to get away from the state and, you know, that whole apparatus, which tentacles are long, you know, I mean, it's an aspect of our life. So um, I don't know, for me, it's like, I've been trying to get everybody just away from Facebook. And a lot of people don't like that suggestion. You know, they're like, no, (laughs) I'm happy here. (laughs) Okay. But you will be censored eventually. You understand that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that one of the, well, there's two things I was thinking like, you're talking about a lot of libertarians who they think there's still a lot of libertarians that think that because Facebook is a quote unquote private company, they can do whatever they want. And we just talked about like how it's really not. But um, I think that that's something that I think a lot of libertarians are still stuck on. They still have a hard time seeing the connections. There's I've noticed there's sort of like a split because it's like, if you talk about, how the CIA, the FBI, and there's even like, there is sort of like a theory out there that um, the FBI is the one that really started Facebook and that they just kind of placed Zuckerberg as like the figurehead. Um, but if you say stuff like that, you're, you're called a conspiracy theorist and you're not taken seriously and nobody wants to really dig. And I think that's what it is. It's like nobody really wants to dig that deep and really, because if they do, like, they'll be, they'll just be depressed. And more of their <laughs> if world they know collapse. how deep it all goes. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, I, my mom, I, I, my mom is a, she's, she voted for Trump and she's a, she's waking up right now because of all the things that have happened. And it's just, I have to take her, I have to give her stuff in, in small doses because it's such, it's hard for her and many people you know, to really digest all this information. Sure. You know, like I've probably been, I would say I've probably, my journey began back in 2008. So like I've had a lot of time to process all this information, (laughs) but some people are just now waking up to all this. And there's, I've, I don't know about you guys, but I've learned that a lot of people who say they're libertarians are not really (laughs) like a libertarian. And I hate to say that because that's like the, the <laughs> thing is like, you're not a real libertarian. No, true right. Scotsman. Yeah. But I don't think they've really, they, they like some aspects of it, but they haven't fully, you know, committed to it or digested all of what it really means. Like what, 
the economic and not even just that, but just like the philosophy behind it. Yeah. 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 Republican lights. Yeah. And that's it. Because like, I was just going to say like a lot of what you do, or at least what I've seen is, you know, accountability to cops and, and that's a hard thing for Republicans to swallow because they, the principle is, you know, the non-aggression principle. That's our, that's like the fine line that, that goes down the middle of everything we believe. So if you think that cops are, you know, to be commended and, and worshipped, then you you can't say that you'll agree with the non-aggression principle because there's a lot of things that police officers do that break that principle. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. a hard thing for some libertarians who are, like you were saying, who are kind of conservative light or, you know, they haven't fully grasped that concept. So... Yeah, no. And and to add to that point, I would also say, yeah, economically, too. I mean, I think this is probably the Mm -hmm. the least talked about uh, point within the police accountability movement. But law enforcement is a monopoly, you know, and it's funded by taxation. And I think that's one of our biggest points that we could really focus on to try to sway people over to looking at some of the libertarian philosophy and and ideas because, you know, we're taught in grade school that monopolies are bad, right? I mean, every monopoly under the sun you could think of is supposed to be taboo for society and and not like a net positive Mm -hmm. yet. They don't ever talk to us about how government is a monopoly, (laughs) how a lot of these services are monopolies as well. And because they're funded involuntarily by taxation, they have, you know, zero incentive to be accountable. They have zero incentive to be efficient, uh, zero incentive to be effective and to ever improve. So to me, I feel like that's one of the biggest selling points is like, hey, you're you're a libertarian, you're a voluntarist, but yet you're still like, you know, advocating for a monopoly with law enforcement. Like, no, we, we know we could do this better. You know, the market could do this better. We know decentralizing does everything better. You know, so mm-hmm. why are we still advocating, you know, and defending an institution that for 100 years now, 100 years plus has proven it's it's broken, it's ineffective. I mean, it's it's great at some things. It's great at revenue generation. You know, it's great at putting fear <laughs> into people and creating hate for it, its own apparatus. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's proven a failure, you know, and it's time to move on. So. Um, but yeah, I yeah. don't think we're going to convince our, our lefty friends anytime soon to adopt, you know, private property and, uh, private policing and security. So <laughs> you use the yeah, word private well, and it's like a dog. Yeah. It's weird being it, in this space because we're sort of always stuck in the middle, even when we really aren't like, I don't see us as the, like a yeah, compromise. We're yeah. We're not the yeah. compromise between the two parties, but it's just like, we're stuck in the middle because there are parts of both sides that we agree with, but not to the full, not for the same reasons or not to the fullest extent, you know, it's like I was telling my husband is a liberal and I, we were, we kind of got into an argument about, um, what was the, uh, Kavanaugh when he was go when mm-hmm. he, that he was getting, going through all that hearing. And he was telling me like, I really hope that he doesn't get in. And I was like, well, I don't either, but why do you not want him in? <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure. Sure. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like, he gets so frustrated because he's like, why can't we just agree? And it's like, what we do is just then we, then we split off like a second later. It's like, you know, um, at least we agree not to have the same guy. Right. You know, but 
Um, that is the frustrating part because it's like, especially with the left, I feel like the things that we could agree on with them are for the wrong, are for different reasons. <laughs> they, they tend to be really hard-headed too, especially when it comes to the economic side of things. Very, like, <sighs> they will not bend to like whatsoever. It's like, well, I know, but you're always talking about consent and like let's keep things voluntary like why yeah. do you want to force a group of central planners on people like stop <laughs> you know and yeah, yeah they're they just... central planners it's the, it's their dictators sure. that they want like right. Right. i flavor. was have, exactly like they want their people in charge of everything and every aspect of our lives like more so than already is and it's just like really like you can't see how this is totally not working and everybody's miserable you're miserable too like none of this is working with how much control they do have over our lives and you're asking Mm -hmm. for them you're begging for more yeah that's the problem with good old bernie you know it's like he's good on some things but it's like if if your solution is more government like no sorry like i'm not on board like i just can't support that i'm sorry you know and he's decent with some things you know but uh not economic well and that's and, and that's the thing I asked my friends. Yeah, that's true. I always tried to ask my lefty friends, like, you know, especially like over the summer when all this, when the cities were burning down, it was just insane. And I remember just asking them like about cops, like, well, if we got rid of the cops, what, what would you want to, re- what would you want to do instead? And, and they're like, well, we would have to just have a much stricter hiring process. We'd have to vet them better. And it's like, well, how, do you not do you don't you don't think they do that now like what 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 is the process that you would do and how would it prevent all of these problems from happening you know and none of it's really like like sure they want to get rid of like maybe drug laws but then they want to have gun laws and it's like they don't really want to really take away anything they want to take away something and replace it with another and so it's like we're still going to have the same problems at the end of the day it it's not it's just not a workable system the way that they want to do it. And they don't, I don't know if they don't see it. Maybe some of them do, but I just don't, that's my frustrating part is with both sides is like, there's just so much that they don't, they're not willing to like actually look into and, you know, discern a lot. You know, it's just, they always think that their way will work better, but we've never tried it. And it's the same thing with the right, too. It's like, I mean, to be honest, my mom, you know, that's one thing she can't change her mind on. You know, we have to have law and order. And it's like, yeah, but we don't. And we're not going to. But if we if everyone would just follow the Constitution, but nobody will. And that will never happen. But if we just teach it to the children in school, but they don't, (laughs) you know, it's like. And it's irrelevant that they did. Anything yeah. that we were taught about the Constitution does not matter. Clearly, um, it just it just yeah. it, it's so, it's a great <laughs> idea. It's like when you read about the idea of communism, it sounds like a wonderful idea, but it sure. never works. And the is these things that are just it's like I like mermaids and unicorns. I think they're pretty, <laughs> but they don't they don't exist. Sure. No, I, I could only <laughs> imagine you know some of our ideological opponents saying the same thing about some of our positions, you know, uh, and, true. uh, mm-hmm. well, anarchism's never been tried, you know, there has been, 
um, some societies throughout history that, you know, I don't know if they would necessarily call themselves anarchists, but they were, you know, they had no rulers, no masters, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, you know, it's such a, such a tricky position. Our, our friends both on the left and the right, uh, only believe that government is the only cure for social ills, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest problems and, you know, you can't cure cancer with cancer. I think you two probably know that better than anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, unfortunately, that just seems to be the only solution. And a lot of times it, it seems like it just makes things worse because it defers the responsibility of the individual, you know, and um, we, we see that time and time again, you know, well, if we just vote for the right people, and get the right people in there, well, then everything will be right. Everything will be just, you know, everything will be equal or, or whatever, you know, the promised land utopia is. But you know, we've we've seen for years that statism, you know, it's only making society more and more, you know, enslaved, unfortunately, and try not to use hyperbolic words like that. But especially during COVID, you know, I mean, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's, it's more apparent than ever. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's just a matter of thinking outside of the box of indoctrination and dogma that we're, we're raised in. And unfortunately, many people don't have those tools to um, try to explore out of them because, you know, I think a lot of people start from a basis of what's going to bring me the most social acceptance and uh, cause me the less, Mm -hmm. the least amount of grief within my Mm -hmm, personal relationships with my family. They're not trying to look from a logical point of view or of rationality, you know, where their beliefs stem from. So team that up, you know, with the fact that intellectual integrity is, is nearly dead in this country you know, identity, mm-hmm. politics, cancel culture, those things have t- totally wiped out any type of intellectual conversation or, you know, even having a rational conversation with, with people. I mean, it's almost unheard of oh, most yeah. of the time, you know, especially on Facebook, some of these bigger social media platforms. So, yeah. Well, even I dating mean, sites, too. It's like sure. I was listening Ugh. to Tim Dillon and he was talking <laughs> about how people like how sad it is that people will put on their Bumble profile or their uh, whatever the other one is, their profile, like, if you voted for Trump, then scroll on or pe- or left swipe me or whatever. And it's just like, is your identity really about, like, whether or not you voted for Trump? Or now it's like, did you vote for Biden? Or, you know, like, yeah. there's so much more to a person than sure. that. Sure. I do think it really helps to have, like, <laughs> common ground and... Um, uh, yeah. mutual underlying uh, principles like my boyfriend is a lot like he thinks I'm the crazy anarchist and okay so maybe I am um, like you know I'm the hippie who does yoga and has crystals and <laughs> I believe in this uh, idea of anarchy that we don't need rulers uh, to live our lives and actually we'll be a lot better without them but he's a lot um, you know he's waking up though like and I'm you know doing my work i think to kind of uh mm-hmm. guide him there but you know at the end of the day he's still like law and order but also like annoyed like is annoyed as shit by cops but still yeah. thinks they're probably he's one that I, you know i'll have to work on for a while but um <laughs> but yeah i don't know he, i think it's just that he doesn't understand what the replacements would be like and or i don't know he probably just doesn't even have the time or like energy to entertain these things just because he's like, he's 
you know, a manual labor job. So, (laughs) so he's exhausted at the end of the day. Whereas like I do computer work and I've got all the time in the world to sort of explore these things. And I've, I spent a long time, like many years digging into this stuff. Um, just because uh, I'm a, what's the, I don't know what the word is, but like information file, like I just want everything. So give it to me. Sure. But, um, so yeah, like he's a project, (laughs) but I also, I also don't need to change him because he's not trying to change me. Sure. Yeah. And, um, you gotta, you gotta pick and choose your battles. Good. (laughs) Yeah. It's good because like my husband is, is a, liberal so um and i come from i was a conservative before i became a voluntarist i guess you would say um and even that was a process so he's helped me kind of fine-tune like my what i really think and what i really believe so sometimes it's good to have like a partner who definitely is doesn't always agree with you on stuff it's frustrating many times but it does at the end (laughs) of the day help you have a better understanding of why you think the way you think, you know, because That's, you don't want to be in a, you don't want to fall trap to what, what the normie crowd is, is what they just watch and they have surround themselves with people who think just like they do or have the same yep. opinions. They never stretch themselves. So, you know, that. I think that's perfect. Yeah, that's absolutely what it's all about is, yeah, having somebody there to question you or just having the, like we were saying, or I was saying anyway, intellectual integrity to mm-hmm. be able to ent- entertain all different perspectives, you know, and to me, it, that's such an empower thing, empowering thing that we could do because ultimately at the end of the day, it's either your argument is right. And if your argument's right, well, then that means you're on the right path. Or if your argument was wrong, you have an opportunity to correct it and, you know, move forward with a better argument. And uh, at least you know your opponent's, your intellectual opponent's perspectives, you know? And I Mm -hmm. think that alone is something that most people don't have a good grasp on. So, you know, and you were saying that, you know, you're, you're, um, Maddie, you're saying that your, your, your partner, your boyfriend, um, you know, calls you crazy. And whenever I do these interviews, I always try to remind people that like, we got to keep in mind, we have the moral high ground, you know, we're intellectually and morally consistent with our positions. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I hate to say, well, we're better than them, you know, but, <laughs> but to a certain extent, like we are, we're applying On the non-aggression scale, principle uh-huh. yes, yes, across the, the, the plat, you know, across the, the spectrum. And to me, that's, that's very important. You know, I don't, I can't tell you another ideology that does that, you no, know, yeah. there's always exceptions, both left and right, you know? So, I mean to me, I think that it's important that we focus on that. And we also bring it up to people because look, like (laughs) you could debate us, but we're going to win because ultimately like we're consistent with our views. Yeah. The truth is on our side. That's, that's what I always say is, you know, because I mean, I think out of all the, we, we get accused of being utopian or thinking that (laughs) idealistic. Yeah. We think that, without all these rulers that somehow people will spontaneously work together to create a society that's good. But, um, I feel like what is the, I mean, isn't that what, how government came to be in the first place? It was a spontaneous, I mean, really like, so I mean, 
I don't understand why they say that. Um, but they haven't had boss yet. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and to think we're not a utopia. We don't have a utopia in mind. We understand. I think that we have the most realistic view of people in general. It's not about being a good like we don't expect everybody to be good and make the right choices, but people should be free to make those choices. And as long as they're not hurting anyone else but themselves, then who are we to stop them, right? Absolutely. And I feel like that's the key is that, you know, you 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 are your, you take care of yourself and your and your people, you know? And it, a society really when it boils it down, it is down to the one person. We all make a decision to do something for ourselves every single day. Are we going to bring ourselves up? Or are we going to bring ourselves down? Are we going to bring the people around us up or bring them down? And that's all you really can do. That's what makes society good or bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I'm, I'm fully on board. I agree. I think, um, you know, the way I kind of try to approach people and, and lay it out is like, well, it's either peace or violence. There really is no middle ground between mm -hmm. the two mm -hmm. ideologies, between statism and voluntarism. You know, if you want statism, well, guess what? How is statism funded? It's funded yeah. by taxation, which is pointing guns at people. How is statism enforced? It's enforced by pointing guns at people. It's inherently rooted in violence. Mm hmm. Boom, we win. We're peaceful. Like we want peace. We want voluntary interactions between mm -hmm. individuals and society. So to me, again, it's it's another no brainer. And if we're looking at first principles, which I know isn't a popular, you know, place to to start uh, a debate or an argument from, but to me it's the only place to start from. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's the most important place. That's the foundation. Absolutely. Yeah. And without that, you know, you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. And that's mm -hmm. unfortunately both the left and the right, you know, well, Trump comes in, he's, you know, he could make you laugh. He's sarcastic. He's, he's quick witted sometimes. Well, Obama yeah. comes in, guess what? He's a smooth talker. You know, he knows a few words that you don't know in your vocabulary. Wow. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden these people are gods to both the left and the right, you know, and it's like, well, yeah. how about if you have some moral consistency with your ethics and your application of you know, your, your beliefs and yeah, it's just unheard of, you know, and I don't want to keep like pointing it like, ah, normies, you damn normies with all the problem, <laughs> you know, but I mean, we have to pinpoint these things if we are going to move forward. And I think a lot of this is our strength, you know? Well, I do feel like when it comes to both sides, like me and Maddie had kind of talked about this on another episode, we talked about like the, it feels like we have a pretty good understanding of how the left thinks about things, or we kind of know where they're leaning on a lot of different topics. And we kind of make things about it. We make, we kind of joke around about it. And then when it comes to the left, how they think about the right, they think of the right as like 1950s, you know, relig highly religious males, most of them white males. And, and so they they don't have an understand like their their understanding of what a Republican or a conservative is is like is like decades old. It's not where it is today. And so they have a they've already misunderstood them from the get go. Sure. But when it comes to us, no, neither side understands us at all. And so it's why, I, you know, that's why me and Maddie kind of started this whole thing, because it's like we have to have some way to kind of get our ideas out, because mm -hmm. when it really comes down to it. 
our ideas and our principles and everything that we really stand for it could really benefit everybody. Absolutely. If they just are willing to concede that they are wrong. And that's the hardest part <laughs> is that everybody yeah. has is to concede that they had it. They, they, they got it wrong and they have to change their worldview. And sure. that, I mean, that is hard. Sure. I can yeah, test been that. there, done that. Yeah. It was rough. <laughs> just the, just the audacity to, think that you know what everybody else you know 330 million people you know are mm-hmm. what they should believe you know or just to assume that your preferences your subjective preferences are what other people should live by you know i mean mm-hmm. that is to me it's the like epitome of of absurdness and and naive, naivety you know i mean to me that's just crazy i don't know how people could really honestly like straight face believe that but that's statism that's democracy you know yeah. to a large extent and that's what they've been told is the only solution for any type of, of change or reform in society you know and yeah we're up against you know the public indoctrination centers you know as known as schools and uh that starts it at a very young age and you know a lot of people just can never escape that mental prison of, of believing that that's yeah. uh you know the only path for society Oh yeah. I think, I think that of all of all the generations that are really stuck in that prison, um, I really think it's the boomers who really are stuck in that prison. Like, I think (laughs) that uh, we make fun of millennials all the time or the, the, or the, um, zoomers. And it's just like, uh, no, the boomers were where it really started because when you really think about it, like the world wars ended, Mm -hmm. they're starting to go to school so they're taught like this, you know, fantasy story about how America saved the world and how if it weren't for America, everything would be just horrible. We'd all be speaking German, of course, yep. um, you know, or Japanese, yeah. dear God. And so it's like they from the get go, like my mom, when I look back at the what my mom has been taught and how she's had to break free from so many things, like she had to think like, you know, Germans were terrible and so were the Japanese and then, like, you know, America's the best. And then she started to kind of branch out. She grew up in the South. So now she's, like, having to realize, like, um, you can actually sit at a restaurant next to a black person and you don't explode into flames. <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Neither but it's like, fire. You know, it really is. It's like one of those things. Like, I have to commend my mom's generation. I mean, there, you guys have to realize, like, that generation has, has really had to break through a lot. Sure. And for my mom to get to the point where she's at, like she's had to do a lot of work. So, you know, there's some that just didn't do that much work. And so you kind of have to a little bit have some kind of grace and sympathy for that generation. Cause they really, they, they really they had got hard. The indoc- yeah. They got the indoctrination bad. They did. Absolutely. Like when my mom was going to college was in the 60s and the and like the early 70s and if you can just imagine that is when all of those people like we were I was listening listening to a podcast today and they're talking about how these um so they were considered terrorists because they were trying to bomb buildings and um they were helping uh the, these communist type groups. Well after they, they, yeah, well, and then I can't remember what, there's another, there's a, there's a bunch of them and they end up just being professors in universities at the end of it. So, Whether I mean, God, yeah, it just, it's just yeah. 
creepy when you realize like that's where it started. And um, like at least we, our generation had the internet and we were more open to different ideas and they weren't. So God, can you imagine? You know, I had that same uh, epiphany today and I feel like that, you know, occurs every few months. You're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. fucking boomers are the problem, you know, and like you just kind of like put it, put it back to bed and you're like, all right, let's just carry on. But um, I I actually had that same epiphany today and I was like, man, like, this sounds terrible. Don't get me wrong. And my parents are boomers, but I was like, we don't even really need to continue doing activism. Like in 20 years, the boomers will be gone and like everything will just kind of level out, you know, (laughs) it's like, I know it sounds terrible, but like, I mean, it's some truth to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you realize like that generation, they had, um, all of a sudden religion was like stupid. Everybody needs to be atheists. They need to just erase like any type of that morality or any of that out of their life. Let's just have sex with whoever we want to. And then like eighties hits and it's like AIDS and all okay. kinds of STDs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I think like, okay. even before that there was like, um, I mean, we're going through all of our own scares now, but and that are going to be horribly damaging to this and uh, present generations, just as we're talking about, <laughs> as the boomers were pretty much ruined. But like, you know, the 70s, like, what were they talking about? The coming, um, the coming ice age. Um, oh, they were yeah. talking yeah. the population bomb. The world is going to end. All the Malthusians were talking about us running out of food by like now. And the cults. I- and there was like a million devil worshiping during that time. <laughs> I mean, they like they had so yeah. many things. Like you have to realize, like uh, that. I mean, that's probably why we're where we are now because all these <laughs> people were it's like they were turned into crazy people, and then they became the leaders of the world. So and their parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's true. And I was just thinking, like, all the divorce rates, too. It's like, like, your your mom is married to your dad one day, and the next day, like, he's out and some other dude's taking his place. I mean, I can imagine, like, the you know, it's probably... That their parents... Yeah, the big swinging. Or whoever it was at that point, like, generationally. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Jesse, I think you made, it a, you made a good point and brought it to um, the present that we all were lucky and the younger generations, like while there is that degree of censorship we'll be dealing with uh, for a while, but finding ways around, cause I think we are the more creative generation. Um, you know, thank God for the internet, <laughs> even though uh, it was a, like a government initiated thing that thankfully got mostly out of hand. And um, you know, there's still new, new sites, new, technologies using it that um we're finding our way around the censorship and those uh those awful tentacles of the government that you mentioned they're really everywhere yeah yeah the government might have created the internet but it was really the market that made it useful and you know have utility so i mean definitely have to keep that in mind but uh yeah i i do have hope for the younger generation you know i i know depression levels are high and Mm. you know they're they're into some weird stuff but um (laughs) i really do think that they get it and it's like they almost don't even have to go down the rabbit holes that we went down because of people like us i guess but i feel like they get it inherently they understand that the system is flawed it's like they somehow 
don't have that attachment to statism that our parents in the boomer generation have. So I am hopeful, you know, as much as I've complained during this interview and, uh, <laughs> you know, pinpointed certain you know generations and, and certain groups of people, like I really am hopeful that, um, that the, the next generations will have a little more foresight. And I, I really, I, I've said this, in, I said this in a few different interviews now, but, you know, we're in the age of information now. I really feel like we're moving into the age of accountability where mm. we're going to continue to see more and more pressure on these big institutions that continue to, you know, claim authority over us or, you know, having any type of aspect of control over our lives. And uh, I think generally it's going to be, um, implemented through the internet, you know, because that is such a powerful tool. But uh, it is interesting to see how the info wars are going. You know, like I had mentioned in the very beginning of this podcast, you know, pri prior to 2016, Facebook was pretty wide open. It was still kind of the Wild West, you know. Mm -hmm. And since then, since Donald mm -hmm. Trump won and they're like, holy shit, Hillary Clinton didn't win. Like, we need to clean this up. We did something wrong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, we gave the internet too much power. You know, I yeah. think that's what they realized, the establishment realized. So, you know, they've been working tirelessly and behind the scenes in many ways that people, even within our own, you know, our circles, even within activists and, you know, libertarian com communities, they still don't know the full extent of what's going on behind the scenes to kind of control these info wars, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and we've been, uh, you know, unfortunately through all the smear campaigns, through all the fact checks, between all the pages being taken down, people don't share our information as much as they used to. You know, it's, it's not a mainstream source. They don't want to get caught up in the fact checking on Facebook. So uh, these types yeah. of things, you know, they have larger effects on, mm -hmm. on this whole, uh, you know, community of ours and the, the whole trajectory of where things were going. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that there's, you know, all these hidden hands behind the scenes kind of orchestrating things, but to a certain extent, there is. There is social yeah. engineering going on. This is a trillion-dollar system, yes. a trillion-dollar machine that they do not want to have let go out of their control, you know? So, of course, they have incentive to try to control the information exchange any way they can. So that is the biggest hurdle, of course, you know, and uh, the more we could facilitate people to move to all platforms to get off facebook i think the better off these you know future generations will be yeah i agree, I agree. and then i think, um, the, I think it's going to be a little bit of a growing pain it's just ha finding the right place for us to share like to get together i think that's one of the problems i think right now is everybody i think most of the people i know are ready to get off of facebook but they just yeah. haven't the other platforms just aren't picking up really. And yeah. so that might be why they, they haven't let go just yet. And that's kind of one of the things like me and Maddie are finding out with Instagram is, you know, it's really hard to let go of Instagram because we have such a following there Sure. and we're still growing in other, other platforms. So it's, we're trying to find a platform that really people will follow us to, too. It's kind of hard. It's tricky. It's very yeah. tricky. Yeah. I agree. Yep, you know that better than better than probably a lot of people right now. But yeah. um, I think um, to end on sort of like a positive note that I didn't think I'd have, and so I thank you for this white pill that we might be moving towards this age of accountability. I think um, you're right. Like we're all noticing that independent journalists tend to be better than these corporate 
um, media outlets and sure. they're dying. Um, so we're going to let the dinosaurs die, but I think, uh, you know, the more independent, um, journalists out there, investigators, um, platform, platform, it's not the idea, but like pages, uh, content creators like us, um, you know, it kind of does make us have to raise our own bars. Like we have to be better than these people that we criticize on a daily basis and that we know have driven the world apart really and, um, ruined lives. So I think, um, that's a really, um, positive way to look at it that it's not just us thinking this it's like a lot of people are are thinking that and because you know it's easier to sort of fact check or um call somebody on their bullshit right yeah (laughs) absolutely it's a very powerful tool and uh you know i think we're utilizing it correctly We've never talked before, you know, we're complete strangers, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> but we've had a, a, an awesome conversation, and I think people would take a lot of uh, value from this, you know, and people who maybe do not even know us. So yeah. it's uh, that's the power of the Internet, and, you know, they can't stop that, no matter what they do, you know. They, they could continue deleting our accounts, but this right here, this cohesive effort between strangers who just want to see – progress who want to see like a better future for their kids who want to see maybe even liberty in their lifetime you know that that old saying you know we're, we're doing yeah. this because we care because we want to see some kind of positive change so yeah yeah agreed. Well, agreed so um i know you mentioned you only have about an hour and this is about when i turn into a pumpkin anyway so jason um Anything specifically you want to plug? I know we, you know, obviously mentioned your page and um, you're sort of responsible for the Free Thought Project and policing the police, but anything where people can specifically still find you? Yeah, the Free Thought Project website is probably okay. the best yeah. place, thefreethoughtproject.com. Um, mm-hmm. Come up, sign up for our, our newsletter. Um, you know, we have so much stuff going on right now. Uh, we have our we have our own podcast, you know, which would be awesome to have you guys or you two oh, nice. uh, on there eventually at some point. Um, so check out. Okay, awesome. Check out yeah. our podcast. Um, we also could use any type of support. You know, we have a subscription feature, so ad-free version of our site. I know nobody likes ads, but for three bucks mm. a month, you know, literally three bucks a month, that's nothing. Uh, you can help us out and continue um, alt media because it's so important, you know, especially right yeah. now. And, uh, basically any social media platform you could think of we're on, you know, we're on, um, Twitter, float, minds, me, we gab, mastodon, somi, parlor, telegram, Instagram. I mean, uh, all of them. So please just, uh, <laughs> search us out and, uh, follow <laughs> us there. And also my own personal Twitter or me, we, you know, those are kind of where I do my daily posting. Um, otherwise our Facebook pages, you know, every day, new content, um, new memes, literally every day, um, three new articles every day we put out. So come show us support, some love and, uh, yeah, thank you both for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Yep. It was fun. All right. Um, Jesse, anything else on our end? No, just right now we're on Instagram and Facebook as the Voluntary Vixens and Twitter at Vixens Voluntary. 
And if you want to follow me, I'm on float as Jesse Vixie and me, we as Jesse Vixie and Gab as Jesse Vixie. I'll get better. I'm just in denial about having to join more uh, <laughs> social media because I really kind of hate social media. But, you know, like like Jason said, it's brought us together. You know, it gives Jesse and I a platform and um, some opportunity to uh, stay sane by being able to talk to um, like-minded individuals since they're rare in um, real life. So true. (laughs) Yep. So on that note, um, we'll catch everybody next time. Um, Look for some links in the show notes. We'll drop them for Jason. Uh, Everybody keep it sane, keep it peaceful and keep it voluntary. Mm -hmm.